Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I mean, today, Dan, it's kind of purple, if you get my drift here. Mix the blue and that the red. That was terrible. Do you want to try again, Brandon? Yeah. Look, every other team can be Arsenal at the club except this one. That that's my concern, Nick. As we jump into the craziness, the ridiculousness, women are doing business, the youth teams are doing business, and then today. You know, I'll, I'm going to go ahead on a limb here and say it wasn't great, Brandon. Um, wasn't great. Uh, you know, I think we'll we'll take this moment to. To hopefully get some some wise perspective from our our guest on today's show, uh, that will be Dennis, otherwise known as the Couch Critic. What's up, man? How you doing, guys? Well, I think we're going to get into a lot of that <laughs> of how we're doing. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, um, I mean, having having said that, like uh, what I saw today wasn't really much we can speak on. Like it seems like a, a reoccurring script that uh, <laughs> that just uh, the narrative just never changes. We just can't find the way to score goals. You know, as I was putting the script together, I actually just copy and pasted this from a previous episode, so it should sound pretty similar, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, you put the overall theme of today's show, Nick, and I'll let you read off the one that you put here. I almost thought it could just be Football is Dumb, the sequel, because <laughs> it's it's an ex- this is really an extension from the Newcastle episode from this weekend. Part, wow. part 477, Football is Stupid. Um, now, the theme of today's show turning point i.e. one point but 
I, yeah, it seems, I don't know what it was. I think it might just be my loathing for Arsenal uh, and, and my extreme love of beating them. But I felt like today was a significant point in the season. And uh, we'll see what happens after this. But Brandon, take it away. Yeah, we'll definitely have to uh, see where we go from here. Um, breaking down this episode, we are going to talk about what the hell happened? I feel like that's a good starting point for us. <laughs> Absolutely. We can talk about defensive errors, state of Keppa, which I think that's kind of interesting. But anyways, we'll get to it. And then obviously reinforcements being needed. Frank has changed his tune. And we went from not really talking about transfers to, oh, we're talking about them. Yeah, they are <laughs> they're here. So uh, before we get into this, unfortunately, Dan, you were getting skipped because we didn't have any Apple podcast reviews, which I think is a direct reflection upon what the fans think of you, our listeners. Definitely. Okay. Wow. So help him out. That was, that was serious. We, 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 you, he needs your help. All right. This is a plea, <laughs> an SOS for Dan. Um, Patreon. Pretty excited. Nick. We got something in the mail. Well, hopefully we got something in the mail. I'm looking at Dan on our old video chat here as he is the keeper of the badges. Um, but uh, for all in our $5 tier, we have our new London is Blue podcast badges. They are bright. They are shiny. They are our logo. <laughs> uh, they will look good in, in any accessory uh, format that you need them to look good in. Um, so if you're in the $5 tier, those will hopefully be going out soon. Uh, and then if you are in the $3 tier and you've just joined, but you haven't received your sticker yet, please just raise your hand and let us know. We're, we're doing our best to keep track of all that stuff, but there, there were a lot of switchovers when we redid our tiers in December. So just raise your hand and we will make sure that we get everything out to you. Yeah, Patreon also kind of reset something. So all of a sudden it said every single person on your Patreon page is new and it kind of messed up all of our orders. So uh, oh, no. we will rectify any errors. Just let us know. Um, and then lastly, the Chelsea DNA series that we did, hopefully you are aware of it by now. Hopefully you've seen it. We're getting the, the a okay from Dennis here. Um, good. We were, well, that's great to hear. We, we want to know what was unsolicited, unsolicited. I've been following it guys. It's been great, man. Everyone that I've watched right now, I've learned something and I I feel like, you know, you guys got to find a way to do that every year, you know, just find another guy. Paul Cannibal would be a great guy to have on there as well. Absolutely. Right you hear that, the club? You hear you hear what Dennis wants? <laughs> let us do that. Make yeah. it happen. Um, yeah, we've had actually Canners on uh, a long time ago. He was great. Right. He's fantastic. But you're right. He'd be a great sit down uh, as well when we talk about Chelsea DNA. So mm-hmm. let us know what your favorite is. And then lastly, uh, Scarves. Dan, I'm going to throw you a sympathy read here. <laughs> Go ahead, Scarves. Uh, yes, scarves going out. Anyone who has ordered uh, in the past week or two, those were sent out in the last 24 to 48 hours from the wonderful mailroom at work, so you'll be receiving them. But if you want to get one, contact at com. PayPal, $20 US, $25 internationally. They will keep you warm. And uh, you know, with the moment of darkness and sadness and despair and despondent feelings we have as Chelsea fans right now, a security blanket like our wonderful scarf might be a good idea to see you through these troubled times. Yep, uh, they are fantastic. So uh, let's go ahead, everyone, get into the proper match review because that's what you came here for. That's what we showed up for. It was Arsenal in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. This past Saturday, Sunday, Monday. No, it's a Tuesday game. 
I don't know why they have all these crazy games, but it is, you know, down to... Do you, do you go to work during the FA week? FA Cup. Because we've, ass, we've assumed that that is something you do, but I'm I'm actually generally concerned that that doesn't happen anymore. Ah, you don't worry about it. I'm just saying, like, what, it's weird how, how <laughs> unconventional a Tuesday Premier League match, you know, that's that's not normal. That That's my point. I do have a job. I make money. <laughs> uh, in case you missed it, the scoreline was 2-2. Two to two. Uh, let's go ahead and run through the goals. Thank you to the Chelsea Fifth Stand app. If you haven't downloaded it, make sure to go do it. You can win a signed kit before every match by checking in. So the first thing that happens is the David Luiz straight red card, 26 minute, and then mm. Jorginho steps up from the spot and buries it. Roll it. Well, that short from Mustafi has come through to Abraham. Round Leno. Oh, and David Luiz brings him down. And Stuart Atwell points to the spot. Calamitous oh, piece of defending gone. from Mustafi, which has led to David Luiz being sent off 26 minutes into his return to Stamford Bridge. Will it be a hop, skip and a jump to success for Jorginho into the bottom corner. Leno gets right, but the placement was perfection and Chelsea lead. And then it goes quiet for a while. What happens next, 63rd minute, uh, Martinelli off a counter, off a corner kick counters the hell out of us and goal slips. You remember the story. Let's run that highlight. But Kante's totally missed it, and Martinelli's through one on one here for the equaliser. He's done it. A breakaway goal from Arsenal, and the ten men are level. And then the last ten minutes, full of drama, ridiculousness, rollercoaster emotion. Aspie in the 84th minute, being the captain, getting what we thought was the game-winning goal. Listen to that one. From Hudson Odoi, all the way through. Yeah. And then the heartbreaker, Hector Bellerin, 87th minute. Don't even want to talk about it, so just run it. Bellerin going himself. He's found the bottom corner. Unbelievable. Where's he pulled that from, Hector Bellerin? And that brings us to the lineup, Dan. Hopefully you can make this sound a little bit better than what we just went through. Well, we had Kepa between the sticks. We had Azpilicueta, Andreas Christensen, Antonio Rudiger, and Emerson as our back four. Reese James, unfortunately, did not pass fitness, so he was out of the lineup today. Jorginho and Kovacic and N'Golo Kante were the midfield three with Calum Hudson-Odoi, William, and Tammy Abraham up top as a three. So back to that Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic midfield. Christensen and Runiger continuing that partnership. Uh, Tamori just seemingly absent and a forgotten man at the moment. So I, I felt good about this lineup, Nick. I mean, I, I did wasn't anything I didn't anticipate. The only thing was the Reese James injury. Yeah, I mean, I figured Reese wasn't wasn't going to play, um, you know, and and so that kind of gave Lampsey his options here. I mean, this is this is kind of the tried and true lineup, you know. I think you know if you if you maybe would have sub Pulisic in, that that might be our our strongest overall setup. Um, but obviously, he is hurt, so that's not possible. Uh, I felt good given our last performance, Dennis, against Arsenal, that Jorginho was back in there. I felt good about Kovacic coming back in and carrying the ball upfield. Uh, I know that Conte has been getting some stick lately, uh, but that was, you know, another inclusion I felt good about. I mean, this was basically his his best lineup with those available, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. It's basically we look at what we have on the bench and we look at what we have in the starting eleven and. Pretty much everyone to a man would probably pick the exact same lineup. 
And that's basically just down to numbers. We just don't have the strength of squad right now to, you know, mix it up as much as we'd like to. Granted, you know, Frank's done a great job, you know, like uh, finding game, finding game time for a lot of different guys. You know, Emerson's come back into the side. Um, we had uh, Kovacic who sat out for a couple games and came back into the side. And uh, you know, it's just it, it, at this point in time, it just seems like we're finding it. We're finding Frank's giving us a lot more options given what he has given what he has available to him. So we're not really seeing the strongest eleven, but we're seeing the strongest eleven based on what we have available to us. Right, and I think that that's an interesting point. Um, you know, probably lessons learned in this lineup as well. Uh, Arsenal were in the four-two-three when last time we played. We well, actually, I think they're in a three-back set, and they're running all over us. So I think Frank set up with that in mind, knowing that. Arsenal could do something like that. Um, but you're right. I mean, as you kind of look through the the subs bench and everything they have, it kind of is what it is right now, unfortunately. I think he has a little bit of flexibility in the midfield. Thankfully, we saw that today. Um, but, you know, the fact that Pedro is nowhere to be seen, William, you know, maybe could use a rest. And then, unfortunately, you know, Emerson just – yeah, I don't I thought he had a decent day out. I know a lot of people – don't rate him right now, but I I didn't think he had his worst day. We've seen we've seen worse ones out of him. Um, just well, re- well, he didn't get yanked off the pitch before. Oh, wow! So, oh, wow! Yeah, <laughs> it, it was Mourinho much better than a, a prior. It was a better than a prior performance this season. Yeah, that's true. I don't even think he was that bad in that game. To be honest with you, like I I was just shocked to see that Frank. Frank pulled him off like what was it Had 20 to. minutes in 25 minutes I was shocked to see that happen Had to. but yeah yeah so much different uh top line stats this time uh, 19 shots eight on target for Chelsea two shots two on target also two goals for Arsenal 60 percent possession for Chelsea um uh we had 11 fouls to their six we had two cautions to their one they had the only red card of the match. We had 17 corners. So as casual. we drove, it, casual. just a casual 17 corners. So as we wrap that in to the XG, which Lampard has officially come out and said he doesn't like that, is a <laughs> is a is a tool. Um, Take that, Dan. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank was really gunning for me specifically in the fact <laughs> that I, I appreciate the statistic of XG. Yeah, coming coming right at me. Can't wait to read that full quote where it was just like, you know, and, and to Dan Dormer, suck it. You know, that was <laughs> that was the part they left out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, XG was Chelsea 2.1 plus one for the penalty to Arsenal's 0.7. Obviously, we know how that ended. So let's get into it a little. I, I will say. Mm-hmm. I know Nick came, you know, Nick and I were talking about this right before we started recording around the expected goals. He said he thought the number seemed high. I actually thought that the 2.1 was low relative to some of the very, very wonderfully, you know, at least the area from which we were attempting the shot was. The lack of conversion, obviously a huge talking point, but mm-hmm. I'm surprised it wasn't over three. Yeah, I, it definitely could have. I mean, look, you have 19 shots, eight of them on target. There's got to be more that comes out of it. And obviously, we're going to get into that. I mean, right away, what in the hell happened is how we lead this one, right? So Chelsea were playing well almost until the penalty and then completely took our pedal, our foot off the gas pedal. Wow. Um, We're up a man, 
up a goal and just relaxed, settled. I, Nick, I, I don't know kind of where you want to start with this when I open it so broadly, but it it's I saw a tweet or no, it was in our Discord. Someone said David Luiz is playing 5D chess out there. He knew that we're bad against teams that <laughs> defend with all their players, so he got sent off so that we would struggle. And sure enough, it wow. almost got harder for us. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think for me where I'd want to start is just the mentality of the team after such a crucial moment. I mean, we were playing against 10 men for the better part of 65 minutes and never once looked extraordinarily comfortable or confident or like we were going to go and kill them with three or four goals. It looked sloppy. It looked disjointed. It did allow Arsenal to sit back in, in a block and, and do what every other team has done to us at Stamford Bridge and, and defend deep and hit on the counter. But it, it's still no excuse. I mean, I, I, you know, I think you, if you want to blame Lampard for, for, you know, a lot of this one, you could. If you want to blame the player's mentality for a lot of this one, you could. You know, if you want to blame simple mistakes, you can. I mean, there was, you know, Dennis, there is so much that is wrong with this performance. Usually a point against Arsenal wouldn't be the worst result in the world. I, I would put that out there. But there was so much wrong with this performance that I, I'm, I left more frustrated with this result than I have with any other in the season. Yeah, and for me, I think it's just the pattern of play that I think we're suffering in right now. A lot of the play is going out to the flanks, and we're looking to get the the crosses into the box from our from our wide men, and we're just we don't have the box presence to capitalize on that. I mean, outside of Tammy Abraham, we don't really have anyone that's attacking the box with any real verve and any real like like panache, for for lack of a better term. And it just it just seemed like the entire game, the game plan was get the ball back, recycle possession, work it out wide to one of our wide men and try and whip it across. And at the point where we get the crosses in, it's either it's a wayward cross, not finding anyone's feet, or it's too high for anyone to attack. Um, you got guys like Kovacic and, and Conte attacking balls in the box. And if you were to ask me, those are the two guys on the pitch that I would least want to see attacking any sort of aerial ball uh, into the box. And it just seems like the pattern of play for... I can't tell you how long has been this work it out to the flank and hope hit and hope that it finds somebody's feet. And I just don't know, Dan, if that's the, the, the tactic that you're seeing, but like, I feel like we need to be a little bit more, especially with up a man. I feel like we really, really, really need to be, work, be working in the middle parts of the middle areas of the pitch a little bit more and uh, try and use like some, you know, try and work it down into the, uh, the channels a little bit more and be a little bit more accurate in that way, rather than like, you know, work it up to the flank where truthfully, the only guy that we have out there wasn't even available to us, uh, Reese James. He's the only guy that can actually deliver an accurate cross from out wide. I haven't seen anybody uh, outside of outside of Reese really deliver the ball at wide well. Yeah, I, I think I, Callum did a really good job with those crosses today. You know, he ends up putting one in for uh, Asby to convert off of for the goal. You know, I think he had 12 total um, that, you know, he, he put one basically on Tammy that Tammy just couldn't couldn't convert in. Uh, his ball has some really wicked movement in the air off some of those crosses today. And, and you know, he's he's obviously not tall enough to, to go after some of those balls in the box. So, I you know, it but was, was much better. It was much right. better than what we typically see from William, though. That's in true. Terms of like I, a, a crossing effort. Oddly enough, sorry to interrupt, but like oddly enough, 
Callum's one of the guys that I want to see in the box attacking the ball. I want to see him striking sure. after the ball. You know, like he's the guy delivering it when he's one of the better guys that can probably finish in the box. And we don't, we, when we, especially when we have guys like Kovacic, Kante, and, and uh, you know, as much as William has great industry on the ball and whatnot, he's not exactly, you know, the guy that you, you're going to be defending, depending on, on most occasions to deliver, you know, that telling ball to put it in the corner, you know? Well, and, and some of that interchange between Callum and, whether it was Conte or Azpilicueta, it just it gets so slow that it doesn't allow us to take advantage of what Callum is exceptional at, which is his pace and his ability to run uh, with a with a diagonal play that cuts across multiple players and absolutely drags people out of position. It's the opposite of what we see from from William Brandon, where William will stop as he's running and then kind of restart to you know pull yeah you know, basically mm. get someone to pause and then try to do the ankle break where Callum is like f you man I'm going to run at speed I'm going to run in diagonal direction and I'm going to force you to go my way and I'm going to beat you kind of with pace yeah he, he we definitely he, he he was so exciting before the penalty and he came to life again later um but yeah when he runs at defenders like it's terrifying for them. And, uh, you know, it was great to see that side of him as he comes back from confidence. We've talked about he's had eh games. He's had some decent games. Uh, and this is a big one for him, obviously, um, you know, playing against Arsenal. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to it, uh, you know, him continuing to progress. I just, it's got to be consistent. I still felt like William was willing to run at people a little bit at the end of the game and Callum wasn't. And I was that, like that just comes with experience and, and maturity, which boy, oh boy, can we talk about maturity and experience in a little bit. Wow. But um, before we get into that, you know, I think, Nick, we can take a page out of um, Lampard's interview. All right. Again, on the Chelsea fifth hand app. So we're going to play a, a section of it here. And then, Nick, I just want you to react to what Lampard had to say about this today we, we know the story here at home teams with 11 have defended like that against us given us problems um, and in a team fair play with Arsenal with 10 it's, it's understandable and I thought they defended their box pretty well but we just have to look at ourselves and say that um, again it's the story of creating a lot not not unbelievable chances but you know that can be the way but at this level when them chances are coming and balls are coming across the face whether it's headers shots inside the box and um we need to take them more. We need to because one goal always leaves the team in the game. How frustrating is it? Because I mean, with, with the chances and games you've had here this season, you, you could be miles ahead in, in yeah. fourth, and it's yeah. close, isn't it? Yeah, and that's uh, and we look at that a lot, and it, it, it shouldn't really dwell too much on results gone, but um, a lot of them will look the same. So it, it take, puts, puts you in one direction, and I know that the expected goals I don't like too many stats on expected goals because it's not that clear always but we're, we're bottom of the league at home in taking them and we're creating I think seconds are probably Liverpool at, at, in creating so that's just two ends of the scale that, that show where we're at so uh, basically to me and I think he he couldn't have been he couldn't have sounded more blunt about this I think he's been frustrated for some time um, you know the fact that he doesn't like XG makes my heart uh, warm, uh, obviously, <laughs> but uh, to me, that's, that's like the the Michael Wilbon take from PTI versus the Tony Kornheiser moment, of course. where Tony is like, Tony loves the stats, and Michael's like, don't give me the stats. <laughs> no, his point though about having a killer instinct and you know always keeping other teams in the game is completely accurate, right? I mean, we saw Chelsea kill off Burnley 
relatively early, made the game basically a cakewalk because, you know, once Chelsea are up two goals, then they're just going to walk around with the ball the entire rest of the time. And it's, and it, it's almost like a relaxing day at the spa um, because they can pass it around so much. It, this, this to me was super frustrating. And, and it was previously mentioned, Dennis, that it felt a lot uh, more like Conte today than it did even like Sarri or like Lampard played at the beginning of the year. It was slow. It was around. It was back around. It was a little in the middle. Then there was nothing. There was no room for Tammy to operate. And that's what teams are doing to him. They're playing a, a triangle or they're pairing him up with two center backs. They don't want him to have room to touch and go. I, this, it was as, it was as boring at times in the second half as I think we've seen. And, and the thing is, I know they're trying. I just don't think they know what to do. Uh, and, and they get stuck in like one way to play. That's how it feels to me. A couple things. Yes, it, it was very Conte-esque in terms of the, the 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 run of the play, and but without the actual ability to manage the game, to really see it out. Like we were up 1-0, then up a man, and then we went up 2-1 late in the game, and we still can't see it out. So the mentality of the squad has definitely changed since then. Not much of the game plan, not much of the game play in itself, but definitely like the mentality, which I find is is, you know, I mean, we're a young team. Like, we can't expect, you know, these guys to understand what it means or have the understanding of how you finish a match, how you, like, you know, really manage the game. And it seems like we're trying, we're making the right steps to to move in that direction, you know, like the possession play and whatnot. But it just, just seems like we're not quite there yet. And what I'd like to see, like, the second point of it is, like, I'd like to see somebody like Willian take more initiative in the attacking third like where he, he's great in possession and whatnot but I don't ever see him take on guys and get into the teeth of the defense and it seems like that's what our attacks are lacking right now just somebody that's really you know a space investigator a guy that's like looking to get into these dangerous areas and like take on the responsibility and I know like we're missing hazard and whatnot and he's he was obviously a conduit for a lot of that but like we, we definitely are lacking that as aspect of the game right now. I don't know how you feel about that, Dan. I just also noticed, too, and I felt like we kept on dropping further back. So you kept on seeing, like, Rudiger and Christensen drop further and further back. Like, they need to be continuing to push forward and keep that, that field of play short so that as the ball potentially uh, goes out, that there's less space for us to kind of have to go and recycle on. Like, the amount of times where we were kind of kicking it back and putting uh, Kepa in a bad situation, putting, you know, uh, Christensen and Rudiger in potentially bad situations. And, I mean, even in the first, you know, 15 minutes, you know, there was the the ball that was, was too light that Kepa delivered out. And then mm-hmm. Rudiger was kind of clumsy in the way that he kind of tried to play it back. Like, we're just, we're, it's not smart. Like, we're, we're continuing to try to keep the ball in play, to, to not turn it over, to not maybe make the right tactical decision and say, you know what? just hoof it forward and let's give ourselves an opportunity to reset and actually fight for the ball in their area of the pitch. Like we're trying to, you know, just keep it on the ground, play it, play it in tight windows. And this, this team is not technically good enough to be able to execute on that all the time. And so these stupid little kind of just tiny mistakes end up becoming larger issues because we don't have a consistency in the way that we operate, Nick. It's just, it's, it's so the inconsistency is, is the maddening part of all of this because we've seen this team 
you know, beat Tottenham in a way that was a statement victory earlier in the season. Uh, we've seen the ability of this team to come back and fight for that win against Arsenal earlier in the season. And then this is the, the exact opposite uh, of what we've seen this team be capable of doing. Yeah, and I, I'll pass it to Brandon here because like, uh, I'm, I'm looking for solutions, right? Like, I don't, I don't think it's good enough just to talk about what's happened. Like, I think maybe at least one idea, Brandon, would be those those balls over the top that Fabregas made famous uh, in his time at Chelsea or that Jorginho's kind of tried this year. Those those are encouraging and they are not, they're a little bit more direct if if we can pull them off accurately, um, the problem is that they looked right now. They look telegraphed, and I don't I don't see a way for Tammy to get on the end of them. Yeah, I mean, who? I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, so he played Tammy in a couple times today, but he ends up getting out wide the flank, and then he he's not as dangerous, right? No Haven't really idea. seen much of like like you said, trying to be a little bit direct, dropping it in over top so they can run onto it. Um, you know, as they like show, like Chelsea have been putting all these clips, you know, of like top 10 goals from Eden Azar, Diego Costa, all these things. Like we're, we're getting glimpses back to, you know, even Drogba can just run on in. And we've got Granite Shaka playing center back. Like he can't, he doesn't track runs. That's not his thing. Like we should have been on his back shoulder the entire time he was there and trying to just run in behind him because he's, not used to that. It's a very uncomfortable thing for him. And so I, th- I was talking to one of actually my high school coaches, and we were talking about that. He's a Newcastle fan, and just was like, "You target the hell out of him." And these guys are professionals. They're they're at the highest level. They they should be able to pick up on that stuff. Maybe it just didn't happen. The, the opportunity wasn't there. But you know, it's they got to be try something different. They got to they got to be creative in other ways. I mean, just so many crosses that are unconvincing. Um, the <laughs> Ross Barkley gets in the game, starts letting him fly from 25 out, doesn't no care in the <laughs> world. That didn't help at all. It's just like you're kind of throwing shit at a wall to see what sticks, and right now nothing's sticking. And that, I think that's why Lampard's talking about going into the transfer window well, yeah. uh, and dipping into it and try, try to – if he can't get this team to have a solution, he better bring someone from the outside in to try to bring a solution. Am I wrong in assuming that Chelsea just play a little bit too safe in the final third and there's not a whole lot of aggression, like aggressive, you know, um, uh, you know, we're not aggressively trying to work it into dangerous areas, I find. Like a lot of the time uh, our pattern of play is, you know, sideways down to the flank. And then the easy pass is to play it out to the flank to like, say, Aspilicueta and, you know, make that cross in the box. You know, that's the easy play where the, the more difficult play would be trying to work some interplay within, you know, our midfield three, you know, work it into Tammy. Maybe maybe Tammy drops into the half space and like, you know, maybe lays it off to somebody. But like we're just not seeing a lot of interplay in that final third. And I find that like a lot of our movement is just we're not making that aggressive, incisive pass into like the dangerous areas. And I feel like that's where a lot of the problems are lying. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Dan, like we've talked about this a lot. There, there is rarely a late runner into the box, at least with this team. And when there is, the the pass is usually so grossly misplayed that it doesn't even matter. It's behind them. And my my, I guess my whole theory on this yeah. on this offensive performance is that if I if I don't see another cross for three or four games from outside of the box, 
that's just fine with me. Like they're not working. And I don't remember the last oh, time but- that we've, Honestly, I don't remember the last time that we've had a successful uh, cross header in. Was it Villa? Reese James. Reese James. Burnley. But there were there were there were two today that connected. That the chance Christensen had earlier in this game uh, in the very beginning minutes, and then the the ball that was right on Tammy's head, and like the cross hit the player. The player just didn't convert the opportunity. And so, like, uh, for us to say that we had 17 corners, we actually got two directly on a player, and then the player doesn't convert, like, that's telling me that at least part of our strategy with, was working, because also, we didn't score from open play. Yeah. Like, we scored a penalty, and we scored a cross that off a free kick that hit, hit Asby directly and bounced in. Like, if we we can't we're not scoring from open play that like we have to then take advantage of the the opportunities with crosses and with corners and be more clinical there if we're going to get those opportunities because there were plenty of times where we had a run in and their defender closed down which we we had 10 corners in the first half of the game i have no problem with uh you know like crosses from corners and set pieces my problem i have is like the crosses from open play where we're trying to like build a, build an attacking move and then we're, we're we're shifting it out wide and we have like two guys in the box to attack it like when we have numbers forward for crosses you know yeah. for uh free kicks and whatnot and we have like aerial threats there it's a different story than when we're trying to build an attack and we're shifting it out wide and then tammy's the only guy in the box attacking it versus like four defenders that's the difference I have with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I, I definitely see what you're talking about there. I think where we've seen it a little bit is actually it's worked better when Tintme and Mason are both kind of going into the space there because at least then there's a secondary option. We talked about earlier, like, I don't want to see Conte and Kovacic as the individuals trying to go claim the header against someone who's six foot plus exactly. and trying to execute on it. Like that's where we need, you know, even Christian, who is from, you know, has shown an ability to be a uh, heading goal scorer. You almost called him like phenomenal. he would have provided. He had to work that back <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah, he he also is someone that if he had been in this game, I, I think changes it completely because we would have two players in, well, in Christian and in... The, your success rate goes up if it's an early cross. When they have six guys in the box and the runners are in too deep, right, that's where the problem is. Exactly. A, yeah. a problem is coming. Those <clears throat> whipped-in crosses uh, early where the defenders are still running at their goal, that's when they're a lot less likely to stick their foot out because they're going to put it in their own net. Anyways... Uh, goal tweeted, Chelsea have won just 18 points from possible 36 at home in the Premier League this season. Not great, Bob. All right. So, uh, <laughs> we're going to have to look into something like that, but I'm going to leave that salty taste in our mouths that's, right here. That's actually appalling. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, like not to overstate it or to like be too harsh, but like that is appalling. Half. Especially when you look at the teams and the results, right? It's not like we've lost to City six times at home. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool is is the one that probably stands out as like, oh, yeah, okay, you lost to Liverpool at home. But even in that game, we should have had a point, right? But, like, uh-huh. Southampton didn't deserve a thing. No. You know, today you could argue, you know, we might have been a little unfortunate to come away with all three, but still probably deserved a point, like... The performances no, just I, haven't been I, good I, enough. I, 
I completely reject that. This was totally uh, was a three pointer. Like absolutely, there, there's no question in my mind that like with the the shots where they were taken, with the way that we put the ball on the goal, like and the the, the lackluster defending, like I mean, this should have been three points. This should have been an easy three points. You're up a goal with five minutes left. Seal yep. the damn thing up, Mike. Yeah, I know we don't have John Obi McKell anymore, but. <laughs> We got can, can we sign him back? That'd be Legend. great. He's still playing. All right. I follow him on Instagram. He's still playing. It's a swap yeah. deal for Eddie Newton. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Remember, the last thing I said was Chelsea have won 18 points from a possible 36 at home in the Premier League. So <laughs> you think about that during this ad break. And when we're back, we're going to be talking about the defense. Motivating the listeners, Brandon Busby. And everything else. Thank you to the sponsor for supporting the show financially. We'll be right back. All right. So moving along in this match review, we have to speak about the defense. Twice Chelsea allowed a 10-men Bush League arsenal back into the game <laughs> with you know, very soft goals, like very soft goals. Um, you know, the, I have two, my two best friends are Arsenal fans, right? So we have a group text. I'm sorry. Get better I, friends. You know, I, this is why I started a podcast. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm not an Arsenal okay. fan. Yeah, that, and that's Nick really isn't weird. an Arsenal fan. <laughs> huh. Wait, so what are you saying? Oh, I remember okay. when we were the three best friends that anyone ever had, you know? I can have many best friends. Two of my oh. best friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I played college soccer with. Anyways, and just... Oh, I, I don't know what hurts worse. The result today or Brandon's comments result. just now? Hey, hey, Dan, I'm going to just shoot you a quick text and we'll figure this out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> right. Anyways. Okay. Anyways. I'm sure we all have Arsenal friends in our lives, as tough as that can be. Um, and, like, they were just, you know... The, the, they said if, if it was Emery in charge, Chelsea would have won 4 nothing. But they don't. They've got a new coach. Arteta's there. Uh, clearly, I even think from the first time we played him to this time, there's a difference in their mentality. Like, to be fair, Arsenal were up for it. Unfortunately, the opportunities we gave them were about as easy as they could have come. And I think that, to me, Nick, is the most frustrating thing about it is we didn't make Arsenal earn it. We gifted them chances. Uh, yeah, I mean, look... <laughs> You know, you know, you could say at one nil that we weren't incredibly comfortable that Arsenal was showing signs of life and you know all that. But to me, you can't like this is the mentality part, right? You you can't allow them back in, and then you can't allow them back in again. You know what? What in the hell are you doing after you go up two one, where everyone seems like they're just scrambling all over the pitch and? And there's no cohesiveness. Like, that's when you need a leader to get back to the center circle and appoint people to do specific jobs. I mean, you know, we could talk about the second one, how we were a little bit unlucky with the whole Tammy thing and whatever. But again, it just, this, because we grew up on, on a John Terry, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, Petr Cech spine, we expect Chelsea to close out these games. And this team has shown time and time again that it is not that team. It's not quite grown into that that machine that, you know, if you're up 1-0 or you're up 2-1 late in the game, they're just going to lock it down. There's zero chance for anyone else. So um, that, to me, is is a big problem. And I know, Brandon, we have audio from, from Frank, who uh, may not have been very happy about that. From my first goal, you only, I mean, obviously, Angolo slipped over. 
he seems to be the only man back when they hit you on the counter. Yeah, it, it was on the edge of the box that was the problem. As I said, just said there, people have got to do their jobs. We have people on the edge of the box that ran forward when they should have run backwards. And uh, and they left N'Golo and then it does go to N'Golo and he slips. So it was... Uh, that wasn't that wasn't the error. That's something that can happen. But the edge of the box was the error. Yeah, it's just, it was a side job that should be done, not done. Yeah. So hearing Lampard indirectly calling people out, saying they need to do their jobs, talking about people who ran forwards when they have to run back. He's being like he in his mind has some very specific examples and people that he is going to address. And I will see how he goes, how it goes for him. Um, but, you know, I think we talk a lot about do you blame the manager or the players? The manager sets them up. But if the individuals are making the mistakes, who's that on? Right. There was a lot of poor decisions being made out on the field today. I remember a gross one where we were playing out of the back. We broke their press and Jorginho ends up about a six yard pass to Keppa as someone was closing him down and he had to high loft it over and it was just unnecessary. And it was the most casual pass from Jorginho and he's supposed to be a leader on the field, the maestro. And it was just like, that was dumb. It's just communication for me. I find like we're, we're struggling with leadership and communication on the pitch. And that is indicative for me of being a young squad, like a young team. We don't necessarily have the characters like Nick was saying, like the Drogba's, you know, the Lamps, the, ter the Terry's, the Ashley Cole, like the spine of that Chelsea team, that dynasty Chelsea team was riddled with leaders all over the pitch. And that's what we've grown accustomed to, seeing these leaders on the pitch, you know, when one gets his, puts his head down, the next one's there to pick him back up. And I just don't see that in this team, mainly because it's a young squad. Like we have, you know, academy graduates that have, you know, forced away into the team right now but at the same time they haven't really you know they haven't really experienced the growing pains that you would like to see um or you, you need to experience you need to experience in order to you know get to that next level understand the growth understand what it needs what you need to do to finish games and whatnot and i just think it's just a mentality thing but that comes in time i i, I guess the challenge the one kind of pivot there would be when you look at who is on the pitch today I mean, you have the, the number one goalkeeper for, for Spain, somehow, um, Kepa. I mean, you have Asby, Christensen, Rudiger, Emerson, Conte, Jorginho, Kovacic, and William, who I would all not classify as young or kind of the youth prodigies that we've kind of talked about this season, and like Tammy and Callum. So I, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm more disappointed and let down that we have so many what I would call professionals or seasoned pros who can't figure it out together like that like that that to me mm. is is more concerning in terms of just like they they have to know to be plugged in i mean you expect callum and tammy like tammy wanted to say the pitch even when he was injured because he wanted to celebrate the goal because it was so like that is something that means uh you know a, a more to him than than the the safety of his own uh career in that moment somehow so like they, they clearly get it and are kind of trying to play to a level i i feel like it was others that maybe let it down but it, it, it was a collective failing nick I, I like i can't point to one and say you're the only reason we lost today because plenty of players contributed to the loss no, that's that's 100 percent right i mean what I, what i like about frank uh is that he is honest you know he's he was also the one to point out that 
you can't lose a ball and allow them to counter from a corner, a corner that you should put into the box and potentially score on. Uh, we gave that away. And so it forced, you know, Brandon, it forced N'Golo into it a really, you know, tough position. And, and I know he was getting the slippy G treatment, you know, on Twitter and stuff after that. But, you know, I, you know, I suppose he's a, a, a player that's allowed a mistake every once in a while as well. And I think Lampard seemed to want to defend him because it should have never even reached that point. Like he's trying to identify the source of the problem. And that was definitely off of the corner. Yeah. I, so um, Seb, Seb C had actually posted about that too. And he was questioning why we had so many people up um, on a corner. Normally you, you don't want to be on a, essentially a one defender to one attacker ratio. And that's where we were at that point. You know, to be fair, Martinelli had legs that late in the game, you know, 65th minute. He didn't slow down until he got near the penalty box. And Emerson was on a yellow, so he can't bring him down. Like, kind of worst case scenario there. You know, you put your most reliable sweeper, picks everything up, no problem. And it slips. He it, like that's an uncontrollable. A mistake was made. I like how people are on Twitter going, they're gonna sack the pitch team. They're they're gonna get mm-hmm. fired. It's like come on. what? I mean, that's obviously not gonna happen. Oh like, my god. Let, let's not be silly. It was unfortunate that it happened. It's but overreaction theater. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, but the the problem the problem still exists. Like why how do we get to a situation where someone's running at us one v one? Normally you want to be up another player. Um, remember when Lampard goes, if they can't do it, then someone else will have to do it right. Mm. Yeah. They're going to talk one? about Who's that. Who's that person? Who is that person? Yeah. Are we talking transfers already? Are we getting to the transfer section right now? <laughs> I don't see that guy on the bench right now. I think this is just a very cutthroat, ominous Lampard that we're getting to know here. And I just want to kind of put that one out. Uh, and then for the second goal, uh, let's take a listen to what Lampard has to say about the Bellerin goal. Get all the details right. We've got one wrong by Gifton in the first goal. Um, and then the second goal was soft. Soft for a, a right back to be able to, to cut inside and roll it into the far corner. is too soft. Okay. So he's, you know, Dan, as you go through this again, um, he's admitting we got it wrong. Things didn't happen he's upset at how soft it was the fact that a right back can play it in with his left foot and it goes in the bottom corner like you can just feel the amount of frustration and like annoyance and stress that is in his voice and understandably so yeah i mean look you know the 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 play doesn't get stopped in in the moment with tammy on the ground yet the official is willing to stop play when you know an Arsenal player takes the ball directly to the the, the family jewels earlier in the match, which again just inconsistency is is awesome. Then yep. you have Tammy get up and try to support, you know. So and, and the ball should just get kicked out of bounds. We should have hooked it out of bounds, but that was not something we decided to do. So they recover the ball, and we get two of the players. Tammy kind of plays Emerson out of the way. So Bellerin gets basically just a, an opportunity to uncork it and see what happens. And it flies by Kepa. So again, it, it's multiple errors and like, depending upon which player you are unhappiest with, it seems like it's a, a, 
you know, a buffet of options that you get to be angry at right now. So you can pick, oh, I don't like Emerson. I want a different left back. I want Tellez or I want Chilwell. So I can be mad at Emerson. Or, hey, I don't want, I don't like Keppa. So I can be mad at Keppa for this one. Uh, or I can be mad at the official. Like, you, you just get to spin the wheel and pick the one that you have the, you know, the best opportunity for. But, like, again, it, it is a systematic failing that we don't have the mental resolve to say, hey, you know what? We now have... 20 minutes to lock this game down like we are not going to commit extra players to the box we're going to keep extra players back i'm going to be where i need to be i'm going to communicate with my teammates and and we are going to see this through like we just don't have a, a a resolve it feels like dennis to say you know what we can take this across the line we actually get nervous and are like oh what who is going to screw up or how are we going to lose this again i, I just think that's useful folly but I'm going to turn this to Brandon because I, I want to know his opinion. I, from what I saw on the goal, it looked like fingers, but Kepa's his positioning and and his reaction time on that goal looked suspect to me at best. Uh, what's your opinion on that, Brandon? Being the resident goalkeeper on the on the staff hmm. here. Well, um, so Kepa is going to be everything we talked about uh, in this part. Uh, real quick though, I just want to plug the fist stand up again. That's where all of these Lampard quotes are coming from. They get them right. out so quick after the match. You should just make sure you have it and are accessing it because they're putting more pre, during, and post-match content on there, which is great. Um, okay, so talking Keppa. Um, it's not been a great four or five days for him, obviously. I think we can understand that. Just four or five days? Uh, you know... I'm keeping it to that window right now. Um, I unfortunately read a Sky Sports News article, and there's this, I don't know, this group that call themselves like a goalkeeping, I don't know. They're like, they're goalkeeper experts or whatever. So anyways, they're they're talking about Keppa, and unfortunately, he has the worst save percentage from shots inside the box of all Premier League goalkeepers Rough. that are like starting, you know, not... Willie Caballero, he's not on that list. Um, and, you know, look, not every shot isn't equal or the same, but that's not great, okay? And then you've got another stat, which was goals prevented, and Keppa has conceded almost eight goals more than what he is expected to this season. That means okay. shots that they would, you know, on average, goalkeepers are saving, he's letting 7.79 more than kind of the the mean in the Premier League, which is not great. And then the last one was goals prevented by big six goalkeepers. Keppa is at a negative 9.65. Hugo Lloris is over 10. Alisson is over 5. Um, it's De Gea and Keppa on that one. And Keppa is almost twice as bad as De Gea as far as goals prevented. So again, some of those stats don't tell the whole story. But when you start to look at it in context of the league, that I think it's fair to say if we had a different goalkeeper playing this season, we probably would have more points. But when we go to Newcastle and give away one shot at the very end, and it's you know essentially wide open because we missed marks, I understand he had a weak hand on it. Like, I get it. But to me, like, there's other things that lead up to those. Why, why were we in that situation that we're at nil-nil in the 95th minute with Newcastle? Same thing here. As a goalkeeper, like, 
why were we getting pressed by 10 men arsenal we why were we on the back foot mm. and gave up these situations so i think that i i think that keppa and, and sucks for him because his price tag is being brought into it um keppa is never going to save that second shot today and i talked about it in the beginning of the season he's short he's athletic as hell but he's short he doesn't have courtois wings like wingspan and so you know that's where He's going to have a weakness, and the whole Tammy getting in the way thing of Emerson didn't help. But um, I I think that Frank is really, really looking at Keppa and wondering if he's good enough. And so, Nick, my question, and I actually I put this in our group chat with Yan, is hmm. Keppa, who's young, 24, 25, should he be granted the patience and the – and the time to develop like a Tammy and a Fick and a Mason or not? I I, I don't know. I'm not going to claim to know goalkeeping. I mean, I, I think, again, if you look at the last three goals that he gave up, my problem is with the defense on all of those goals. And I think if as we're attributing blame, which is what we love to do uh, as football fans and trying to figure out who did the wrong thing where – uh, today's goals uh, should have never ha- the first goal should have never happened. Uh, that was Lampard's basic quote. You can't give up possession on a corner and allowed to be two v one or two v two'd. Uh, that's a stupid error to make, and and clearly that got under his skin. And then the second goal, yes, there's a comedy of errors that led to it, but you know the the angle I saw Dan from the back where where he was kind of looking at the ball, his view was pretty obstructed as it was kind of curling around uh, and I don't think he saw it all the way. And so you can, you know, whatever. if Clayton Bierman said he could have saved that goal, I believe him, you know, as he was being a little cheeky, but I, you know, I, I have a really hard time putting all of this blame at Kepa's feet. And I, and I'm not even saying it's having a great year. Um, so to the point that Brandon was making the, the question or posing the question earlier, um, I mean, he started you know, from 15 and 16, you know, he was the, you know, starting goalkeeper for athletic Bilbao, right? So he was in uh, La Liga two, uh, in 15, 16 plays 40 matches, you know, 16, 17 is in La Liga plays 23 matches, um, goes up then the following year, uh, 17, 18 plays 31 matches, I don't, and then it plays 54 matches for us last season, um, including the match that he made sure that he didn't sub himself off uh, where he became manager. Um, <laughs> and is at 30 matches this season, like I don't think a Callum or a Tammy or, a, you know, a, a Mason, I, I probably am more patient with them than I am with Keppa, who has played in various, like, in two of the best leagues in the world, uh, against some of the best op, you know, opposition uh, strikers and, and forwards, and I, I think I am underwhelmed at the moment. I, I agree that there is a multitude of problems. Like this is a multi-issue problem where we're not converting chances, we are not retaining the ball, we have rotated our defense heavily. Like so, I, I don't think it's on him. But there has to be a bridge for him to improve individually, Dennis, that 
I I feel like there's been a regression this season relative to where he performed last year. And a part of that is his ownership. Part of that is other components to, to this situation. So like it's not all Keppa, but even if we have rescued out of that the, the 16 or 20 points that we've lost at home, if he could have gotten us four more, how more comfortable would we be at this point in the season? Like he has to have some ownership for a part of that, not all of that. Right. I agree. And I think what this is all pointing to is, I mean, his price tag obviously has its, has its weight and whatnot, but I think one of the areas where I feel Kepa really needs to improve is just his concentration because a team like Chelsea who are always in possession of the football, we're going to have the ball 60% of the time. We're not going to be giving up like multitude of chances game after game. So his level of concentration has to be extremely high for when that one chance does come to him. He has to be ready and uh, ready and and make that save. You know, that, that was what we saw from like Peter Cech. That was what we saw from even the snake at certain points in 2015. You know, that's what we got from those guys. And I feel like right now, Kepa's concentration, not just with uh, his concentration inside the 18, but also his distribution, like, he has to be he has to be more you know dialed in when he's you know the dialed passing it out out from the back because a lot of the times what happens is a wayward pass happens and then we're completely under pressure once again and i think that all that just comes down to concentration so if there's one area where i feel like he needs to improve it's there and i i agree with you guys but all of you guys i don't think that the responsibility of the team falls at his feet um, there's all sorts of problems, all sorts of mul- a multitude of problems that we we definitely need to uh, address in another way. But like, granted, things that he can't control, I'm not really seeing him do right now, and I think that that's part of the problem. But you know, like I, I, as I said, like that 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 again could just be down to leadership on the pitch, somebody that's there to just like pick him up when he's down, you know, that sort of thing. So who knows? Well, I I think concentration is a great shout, honestly. Um, I think that he's definitely lacked in that. Uh, the last thing I want to say about Keppa too is I'm not I'm not thrilled at the goalkeeping staff situation right now. You've got Ilario and another young guy. They're your goalkeeping ones and two. You've got Kuducini, who's now the lone technical assistant coach. Christoph Lalashan is essentially doing all other goalkeepers and academy u23s 18s things like that um i i have nothing against enrique elario i just i question because he was a backup i want to say i'm sorry he was the backup of the backup wasn't he well yes as a player but i'm also saying like he was on conte's staff and sorry staff but he wasn't the goalkeeper coach a lot of the time so i'm just worried and i think look lampard allegedly wanted to bring shay given from darby and it hasn't happened so also wonder how much that has as an effect uh on keppa as well but look it i'm not surprised the questions have been asked eric asked me via text at heartsoft 101 asked is it time to see Willie Caballero? Look, you got an FA Cup match this weekend. Hey, you'll see him then. Potentially, right? I mean, it, do you give him a run, seen, Brandon? I mean, do you do you give Willie a run? Yeah, do you do you give him a couple of matches and see what happens? Because, like, it, again, I don't even blame Keppa for all this because I think the defense has been 
that bad at times, but just for the sake of switching it up, do you do something crazy like that? Just like take him out of the line of fire kind of thing, right? A little bit, yeah. Oh, well, I think Lampard is also going to discipline him. I, I, I honestly think that with his quotes about how lackadaisical he was with the ball at his feet and, and things, you know, Dennis, to your point about concentration, like I, I think Lampard is going to break him over the coals a little bit. And maybe he needs that. Last time he had a poor run in the earlier season, Lampard raked him and he got better. We talked about it. And maybe he's got to do it again, which would be super frustrating manager. But yeah, let Willie play against Hull City this weekend in the FA Cup. You know, but then you're looking at Leicester, United, the Bayern, all that stuff, you know, coming up. Do, do you want Willie Caballero in there against Jamie Vardy in an on-form Leicester team? And then Off you're in the main now. United. Well, true, I, might, I, I, might, I might not mind seeing Caballero against uh, against Leicester right now, to be honest. But in general, I, I, I do get the sentiment. Yeah. So... We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I think that's probably a judgment call of Lampard of how does he react in training, how does he see, you know the coaching staff as does he seem sharp? But I think you you absolutely put Willie in this weekend. Like I probably would have said that even if Kepa played well, but I think it's even more important that he has to sit and watch this weekend a hundred percent. All right. Well, I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of feedback on that. <laughs> so sorry for the long winded answer. You can continue to tweet at us and stuff, and I will. That, that resp- goalkeeper union, Woo! respond. I'll respond defense, to as many defense. as I can. Yeah. So um, I do one thing well. So <laughs> when I get my chance. <laughs> All right. Last last thing we just have. Uh, we just want to touch on the the potential transfers because it's been really quiet. There's been a lot of loose rumors up to this point, but all of a sudden Lampard he's ready to talk transfers. A little surprised, Dan, that all of a sudden he's very open about talking about areas of the pitch he wants to improve, over-reliance on Tammy Abraham, some different things, this and that. Um, it's it's just gotten different. So anyways, uh, Edison Cavani and Ishko have been the strongest rumors of late. Obviously, the Dembele of Lyon, that's pretty much water under the bridge at this point, I believe. Um, so I guess, I mean, a, a striker seems... Like the number one priority right now. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, you know, I think the the rumor obviously is is Cavani that's kind of going around right now, uh, really struggling for game time at PSG. Uh, yeah, has had one or two issues with with fitness earlier in the season, um, but got back into forms. Only played uh, just shy of six hundred minutes. Has five goals and one assist in that time frame. Uh, not far removed from a season where he was averaging a goal or assist at about 110 minutes uh, per kind of uh, uh, for XG, uh, XG plus A, so goals plus assists per 90. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's doing some good work, uh, still knows how to score the goal. Um, obviously, you know, we, Chelsea plus older strikers, Nick, is always a bit of a concern. Uh, we've seen what, where it goes bad with, uh, with a Higuain, with, uh, but we've also seen it go well when you bring back Drogba the second time. So, um, I, I imagine a, a one year, you know, or sorry, a six, basically an 18 month deal, you know, one year with an auto renew for next year would probably be the way we have to do it. Um, the, the Tammy consistent injury thing is a super concern because the downgrade to Mishi is real. And I don't know if, uh, you know, we need someone who can score. Yeah. I, when, when Mishi, put the, I think probably the most clear cut chance of the game wide 
today, I my hands were just ready to punch myself in the face. Um, <laughs> I I was uh, I think for a guy who is such a poacher, like, it just made no sense that he wasn't able to put in a really good really good ball, and so. Yeah, striker makes a lot of sense. And if Cavani's the guy, then great. You know, we need somebody who's proven, and he's definitely more than proven. Uh, he may be a little on the older side, and there may be some risk there, but I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I also think, given some of our stagnation, Dennis, in the final third, that a playmaker, a person with a really good ball uh, who can deliver uh, an over-the-top pass could be a nice option. Uh, I, you know, I'm not even sure if Isco's that person, but... But I think I've seen his playmaking ability at Real Madrid. He's he's a wonderful playmaker when he's uh, I think when he's feeling the love from from the coaching staff. So uh, either and or would be fine with me. Uh, I, I just think that the problems that we have right now uh, aren't going to be addressed in January. And right now we're basically just hoping that somebody can come in and and like aid us right now. I don't think Cavani's the answer myself. I don't think that. Uh, you know, our, our issue is scoring goals from the striking position. I think that we need somebody to score either out wide or from the central midfield position. We need somebody that can help Tammy in the starting 11 more so than somebody that can come in and substitute him. Um, that's my main concern. So whether it be out wide on the, uh, you know, on the flanks or in the central midfield area, that's where we need to see more goals come from. Also in the defense as well. We haven't really seen a defender like banging a well, other than Aspilicueta, of course, but like, I mean, a central defender like banging a goal with a header from a, a set piece or anything like that, really. So I think that the, the areas where I'd like to see us really strengthen, and I know it's not really something that we're actually even looking at, is central midfield right now. Um, we've basically got, uh, and keep in mind that Ross Barkley has really just come back in the conversation recently, but... We've basically been running with Kovacic, Conte, and uh, and Jorginho. And the three of them have played tons of minutes, tons of minutes. And if we lose one of those guys, we don't have we don't have Ruben Lasse's cheek right now. Um, like I said, Ross Barkley's just come back in. And it just seems like the three of them have just been run into the ground. Not so much just from this year, but in years past. Like Conte in particular just does not look like the same player that we've that we saw even like last year. And I feel like that this is, comes down to like fatigue for the most part. But having said that, if we're going to stick with this 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, we need to have more goals in the midfield. And I don't know who the answer is. Like a lot of people say maybe Zaha might be a guy that can come in. doesn't have a lot of goals, but he's a guy that can definitely investigate space and create opportunities for others. Probably better than anyone that we have in the squad right now. And he's, so, he's a name that, I'm, that interests me because mainly – you know, the problems that he has at Crystal Palace right now is the fact that he's the only real conduit for their attack. So, you know, teams just focus on him. They don't have to worry about anyone else. Like, they don't have to worry about AU. They don't have to worry about Benteke or whoever else they have a striker right now. They don't have to worry about those guys. They put all their attention on Zaha. He draws a lot of fouls. He's, he's tricky inside the box as well. Um, I know I wouldn't want to see him come for uh, the presumed price tag that we're talking about right now. Uh, I think it was upwards of like 70, 70 odd million pound. And that's probably a little bit more than I'd want to pay for him right now. But, you know, those are the types of players that I think that we need Just somebody that is either a goal scoring threat from the midfield or somebody that can really investigate space on the flanks. What do you think about that, Bill Brandon? Yeah. You know, I think that uh, fresh blood 
in general needs to come in. All right. Uh, we just need to shake up the competition within the squad and uh, set the tone that the mediocrity is not acceptable at Chelsea. And, you know, I just saw a tweet from Mianic and, you know, he made a good point. Like Lampard hasn't been able to sign a single player during a massive transition, right? From Aconte to Sari to Lampard, a lot's happened. And we, you know, as it stands, hasn't signed anyone. He needs to bring in fresh blood, needs to reinvigorate the competition with amongst his team and really let them know the best way he can that, hey, like it needs to be better at Chelsea Football Club. And this is how I'm going to go tell you, I'm going to go sign someone to challenge you for your spot and you're going to have to fight for it or get out. So that's what I want to see. You almost have to sign someone just on principle, just to remind the players like, oh, oh yes, we can. We sure can. We don't need you. You need me. It's just got to be the right signing, though. I don't. I don't think that like signing somebody just for the sake of like. So, for instance, Cavani's name's been bandied about a bit, and uh, as much as like he's a, he was a killer two three years ago, I don't really see him as such now. So we bring him into the squad right now. He's challenging probably the brightest light in the squad right now, which is Tammy Abraham with his thirteen goals or whatever right now. So I don't see how that that challenging him makes it a better situation for the team going forward. There are situations where I've seen Cavani play on the left flank uh, throughout his career, but yeah, he, I can't imagine that he can do that now within the squad. No. The, the only way I think it makes super sense, because obviously, you know, it, it, there's the domino effect, right? So if we lose Giroud, um, that that obviously would be an issue there. I, I think the Cavani thing mean is lose more Giroud. important to me. He hasn't from played a, anyways. It's true. Uh, fr- from an issue, like, Tammy is clearly dealing with some nagging health issues. Mm-hmm. And if things go south and sour with his back or his hip, things that have not looked 100% great, and he seems to always be carrying something, if he's gone, we, we our top four is, is totally washed. And Good so and, and I, I, just, I don't have the trust that Mishi or Drew would, would carry it. I think at least... The goal scoring pedigree of a Cavani it would make me feel a little bit more comfortable that the regression area there is not as good, and I, I think it it just it's a, it's a safety valve to me. Like I, you know, will he want that? Do we want to pay him ridiculous wages? I don't know, but top four at least is super valuable return on investment, so it, it could be worth the punt. Well, we'll have to see. Again, there as of today, there's still about ten days left in the transfer window, so. Uh, plenty of time to get something done, unless your fax machine's down. So uh, we didn't do a Dan of the match poll because why would you? It was Callum Hudson Odoi. So okay, you know you can just leave it there. All right. Um, I was so going to say here, Luis actually myself. <laughs> if we would have won, yeah, I, would, yeah. I could see that. Uh, so the Premier League table as it stands, Liverpool are two games behind and on top with 64 points. Man City in second on 51 points. Leicester third, 45 points. Chelsea fourth, 40 points. Um, Leicester have a match in hand. And then United have a match in hand as well. Behind us in fifth, they're on 34, tied with Wolves. You've got Sheffield United in seventh, Tottenham, Southampton, Arsenal in 10th, Palace, Everton, Newcastle, Burnley, Brighton, Villa, West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford, Norwich, and that rounds out the table as it stands um, today and the, how it goes. So chances of uh, making top four, what are we at here? 61%? 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%. 61%.
We're still sitting at 61%, uh, less than 1% chance of winning the title, uh, which is also the same chance we have of getting relegated. So that's where we're at. We're, we're pretty much no, guaranteed to points, get... We're good. <laughs> we're, we're pretty much guaranteed to get between 16th and 2nd. So anywhere in there, Nick, is, is where we'll be. You can put money on it. I'm, I'm pretty down right now. Um, you know, we've spoken about the luck that we've had with other teams failing to capitalize on our mistakes throughout the season. Uh, call me a pessimist, and you're probably right. Um, I, I don't see how this can keep up. Like, frankly, I think you have to win today. I think you have to beat some of these lesser teams. I think you have to get a point at Newcastle. Um, you know, like these little things really, really add up over time, Dan. And I know you're the optimist, so you're going to tell me that we're going to finish top four. But I'm really struggling to see how we do it, uh, especially if we have injury problems that persist. Yeah, I would say, and I know you put the clip of the upcoming matches in here for a reason. And I would say, you know, you, you think about February, away to Leicester, home versus United, home versus uh, Spurs. I think the afternoon of the 22nd or evening uh, UK time, um, if we are still top four after that run, I, I think it's 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 pretty much at that point then a lock that we'll finish top four. I think if we fall out during that run, um, th- there's going to be pretty much no way to get back in into top four. That 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 to me is the seesaw moment. Yeah, you just go win the Champions League. We've done it before. That's right. All right. Look, that's going to wrap us up, Dennis. Thank you, my man, so much for joining us. It's nice to have some good old North American guests that we can call in during the midweek. So thank you, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, the great north the secret's <laughs> out we have friends up north i love right. it um but yeah no honestly check it out uh, we'll link to his youtube channel as always uh check him out on twitter social media we've been retweeting him and and, and things like that so uh but honestly thank you love the perspective nice to get something fresh in here just us three talking the whole time it gets boring so it can never get boring with you three are you kidding me i tune in every week because you guys are such personalities man it's great great commentary great show uh you guys are wealth of knowledge i've learned so much from you guys just listening and uh yeah i'd I'd love to do it again if you guys want to ever have me back just you know where to find me will do beyond Uh, the wall Obviously, Dan and Nick, thank you as well. But listeners, that is it. Get in touch with us if you want to scarf. Get in touch with us if you have questions, want to fight us about our views, perspectives. As long as it's done in a respectable way, we're up for the joust. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. 